It's good to be here in the house of God with each and every one of you today. Uh, obviously, Pastor Sean is, is now on sabbatical. Uh, for those that don't know me, uh, my wife and I, I'm Chris Athey, my wife Felicia, we lead the outreach and missions ministry here at Journey Church, uh, and I fill in to preach every once in a while. So uh, God has spoken to me uh, about what we're going to preach on today, and uh, we're going to continue in the sermon series, Transformed. Um, but I, I have to really begin by kind of making a confession to the body today. And that is, if I'm not careful, I think I'm turning into a grumpy old man. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I think if I'm not careful, I'm going to turn into a grumpy old man. And, and truth is, I, I kind of should, uh, should have seen it coming. Because what, Acts chapter 2, 17, it talks about that, what, young men shall see visions, but old men shall dream dreams. And I've never been one to remember my dreams until here recently. And so that should have been a sign. And granted, I'm going to try and approach this subject very carefully because I kind of got myself in trouble last night is... My wife has been one to remember dreams for some time. I'm not saying she's really, really old. Come on, give me a chance. But it's kind of a going joke in our home just simply because of the fact that she will wake up in the morning and let me know she's mad at me. And I go, well, why? And she goes, because something you did in my dream. Listen, I dig a hole enough in reality. I don't need the dream. So how am I supposed to defend that? Am I supposed to wake her up in her deep rim cycle and say, hey, just want you to remember I love you? I mean, how do you, how, how you defend that? So I should have seen it coming because I'm starting to remember my dreams, and they are so vivid. It is wild. I remember here recently, I think it was about a month ago, that I woke up and asked my wife, I said, did we buy a lake house? And she goes, no. And before I left the house, are you sure? It was that real. And I even went to work and came back home from work and go, you're sure? We didn't buy. I mean, it was that real and that vivid. And granted, I'm not interested in the lake house, so you guys don't approach me after a few. Uh, it doesn't fit in the budget. Uh, but I'm remembering those dreams now that I didn't before. And so, again, according to Scripture, you know, Maybe I'm making that transition. And a lot of you might be thinking, oh, Chris, it's fine. You're just at that midlife crisis stage. It's good. But I do feel a transformation happening is because I am at a stage in my life where I'm extremely intentional about everything that I do. Maybe it's because the different things that life has thrown at me and has put things in perspective, but I'm extremely intentional about what I do, what I put my energy in, what I give my time to, what I give my efforts to. And so I am constantly asking the question, what is the point? All the time, I am asking the question, what is the point of this activity? What is the point of me doing this? I, because I feel like I have a limited amount of time and energy and effort to give. And whatever I put it to, I want to be intentional in that. 
but it shouldn't be taking me to the place of being grumpy because I am starting to get set in my ways and I like things a certain way. And if things don't operate in the way that I want to, if I'm not careful, I can be grumpy. Well, last time I checked, grumpy was not a fruit of the Spirit. So something inside of me is pushing back against that. So again, I didn't make a confession that I was. I said, if I'm not careful, I will become a grumpy old man because I'm resisting that. Because that's not what God has called me into. And so I did reach and pray about this to say, God, I understand the season that I am in my life. I want you to lead and guide and direct me in this situation, what I'm going through. And God reveals something to me. And he says, the reason that you're so intentional and you ask the question, what is the point? Because you understand and know that the point reveals purpose. The point reveals purpose. And you're at a stage and that you want to be purposeful, purposeful in every single thing that you do. And it's almost as if God kind of chuckingly said, and I'm glad you asked and came to me about this because I've got a purpose for you. Colossians chapter one and verse 16 says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in, in, in him and finds its purpose in him. So I'm going to the right source when I'm trying to figure out what's the point because God says, I've got a purpose for you and it's in me. So what I was able to see and almost reminded of, because I knew this, is that true purpose is found in Jesus Christ. True purpose is found in Jesus Christ. Now, I know some of those academics want me to kind of break this down, so I'm going to appease them to say, when we look at the, di the definition of purpose, it can be used as a noun or a verb, and it means Motivation or motive, cause, reason, design, plan. And when I reference that to what I said before about the true purpose being found in Jesus Christ, I can't think of a better motivation than Jesus Christ. I can't think of a better cause than Christ. I can't think of a better reason, a better design or a plan than Jesus Christ and what he sets out for us. And so as we look at this, and I look at referencing Jesus is the true purpose in our lives, everything that Jesus did had a purpose. Acts chapter 17, verse 28 says, for in him we live and move and have our being. Everything that Jesus did was on purpose for purpose. You know, he came into this world a virgin birth, never been done before. That was on purpose, for purpose, because it was prophesied in the book of Isaiah that it would happen, and he came to fulfill a purpose that was meant to be. And then we go on and find out how Jesus lived his life, how he performed miracles, and what followed him was signs and wonders, and he had teachings that we now live by to today. All of that was on purpose, for a purpose. The Bible speaks that he was wounded, he was taking stripes for us so that we might have healing. 
He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. All of that stuff was on purpose, for purpose, and the ultimate price that he paid when he spread his arms to show us just how much he loved us, and he bore our sins so that we might have life that was on purpose. Some of you might have a, a quick objection or maybe a slight resistance, just not that you're in disagreement of what I'm saying, that true purpose is found in Jesus Christ, but you may look at your life and examine what you do and how you live and say, Chris, I do some things that have purpose. You know what? I'm a good dad. I'm a good mom. I'm a productive member of society. I provide high value and meaning in this world. I feel like I'm operating in purpose. I'm not saying that you're not doing good things, but there's a difference between good and godly. And the things of God is where we find our true purpose. And the Bible even speaks to that to help us identify a hierarchy between the things of this world and the things of him. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. Again, a hierarchy of exercises but little gain. That's something that we value here on earth, and it's a positive thing, but it's good, but it's not greater than things of God. And then Matthew chapter 16, verse 26 says, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Again, you can accomplish all of these things and still be not living a life of purpose because true purpose is only found in him. And I realize I'm speaking to a group of people that do provide high value and meaning to this world. And if you're doing those things, please keep doing them. But just stop and ask the question that we've phrased and coined. I feel like we need to patent it. I don't know if it's been patented yet, but we use it so much. And that is, God, what are you doing here and how can I be a part of it? And invite God along on that journey on the things that you're doing good in society. I feel purpose is best defined by who, not what. Purpose is best defined by who, not what, because we are not defining purpose by what we've accomplished and what we bring to the table, but we define purpose by who he is and who we are in Christ. So if you want to get the right answer, you got to ask the right question, which is who and not what. And so I feel that as I went through this cycle and God revealing things to me, that a high level of Focus is being put on purpose. And can I say, just as Jesus Christ came to this world and did everything on purpose, he created you on purpose, for purpose. He's got something special, specific, designed just for you that is out there and ready, waiting for you to walk into, and he wants to walk with you in that. And the way that we kind of realize that is even what we talked about today is being consumed by the presence of God. 
being consumed through communication, through fellowship, through time of prayer, through time of worship, just in communion with him. That's the setting and the environment that we find our purpose in God. And I can't help but speak about purpose without mentioning the Apostle Paul. And so that's going to be the first scripture. This is where we're going back to Acts in the Transformed series because you've got the Apostle Paul. Let me set the setting. Actually, at that time, his name is Saul. And Saul is someone who has a great reputation in the society. He is a man of stature. He is an educated man. And he is actually a faith-based man. He's studying to be a rabbi. The biggest disconnect that he has is he refuses to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and he's holding to the old Jewish ways. And he's so committed in that faithfulness to that religion is that he's willing to continue to issue murderous threats to disciples that are spreading the good news. And anybody that's caught spreading the good news, he wants to send them to prison. And so we pick that up in Acts chapter 9 in verse 3, and it says, And he neared Damascus, which again is Saul, and he neared Damascus on his journey. Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. And Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by hand, by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. And here we are speaking about Saul and his conversion to Paul, and he's about to be transformed. But let me point something out, and that is point number one, speaking to purpose. Purpose is not revealed through punishment. I know you may look at this instance and say, Chris, if that's not punishment, I don't know what is. You've got Saul walking down the road, and he's been blinded by a light, and it's so so heavy that he can no longer see, and now he hasn't eaten or drank for three days. No, God has a special way of talking to each of us and getting on the level that he knows that we will hear. And Saul had been preached to and preached to and preached to, and obviously that wasn't getting through. And so God spoke to him in a way that he would hear. That's Paul's story. That's not yours. If we want to walk in purpose, it's not going to happen through punishment from God. God is not going to sit there and hold you down and say, I've got purpose for you, now submit. It doesn't work that way. God is not going to punish you to reveal your purpose. And so let's go into the rest of the story where it says in Acts chapter 9, verse 17 through 20, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he sent me so that you might see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up 
and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with his disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. That is being transformed, but more than that, it's someone that's being transformed and beginning to walk in their purpose. If you look at the apostle Paul, again, speaking Saul hadn't changed his name yet, the apostle Paul is responsible for 13 books in the New Testament. He went on many missionary journeys spreading the gospel. He was a catalyst in the early church, and he's the scripture writer. He's not the author, but he's the writer of what we study a lot today. And it all came from him being in a posture, in a position to be able to receive and walk in that purpose. I believe that you're going through some stuff right now that perhaps your attitude might be, I must have done something wrong because God's punishing me. That's a quick response that a lot of us want to have is when we get in difficult times, we want to ask the question, why? God, why am I having to go through this? Why is this situation as such? But God doesn't punish you to see your purpose. But let me tell you, God can be in your situation that's difficult and provide purpose. And I can issue and speak to that firsthand just because I've been very transparent about my health issues. And I've seen God work in ways that I never thought possible. And I feel like God has given me a message to preach and speak to other people. And it's like I always have it in my back pocket because God is constantly bringing people to me that I can look them in the eye and I can say, I understand exactly what you're feeling. And I can understand exactly what you're going through. And can I say that it is possible to walk by faith and live in your reality? And that's not an easy message, and that's not one that just anybody can talk about. But God has brought purpose in my situation to preach that out. And you know what? The situation that you're in, God wants to bring purpose in that too. But you've got to lean into that. You've got to be willing to receive and open your heart and be consumed by God. The Spirit says that he began to preach the gospel because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. We just need to inhale today. We need to inhale today and be consumed by the Holy Spirit. Point number two, there's no I in purpose. There's no I in purpose. I know for all you English majors out there, you're like, well, that's Captain Obvious right there. There's no I in purpose. Pretty much the message that I'm trying to get at is we have got to get out of the way to let the Holy Spirit in purpose be fulfilled. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. The Apostle Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit and then began to minister. It is critical as individuals, as followers of Christ, that we be led of the Holy Spirit. And this was never more evident here recently with a situation that me and my wife were going through. If you know us, our relationship, 
I was going to say unique, but I found out after service last night that we're kind of more common than I thought. So there's normally one of us that wants to talk things out and another one that's not interested. It's, I thought that maybe, but it's normally, I thought it was one gender over another, and it's kind of even across the board. I'm the one that wants to talk things out. I always thought it was the other way around, but I had many people come to me after service saying, that's the exact same way with us. So I'm the one that wants to talk things out. And so I went to her because there was an issue that our family was facing that we needed to address and we needed answers and we needed to talk it out and we need to, you know, obviously God was already in the situation, but we just, we just needed resolution. We need next steps. And so we set a time to talk about it because, again, that's the only way it's going to happen. I've got to set the time to talk about it. And so I set the time. And I got to, if you know me, I never walk into a conversation unprepared. It's not like I'm creating some tactical approach to attack the enemy. That's not where I'm getting at. It's just I want to be prepared and have a very thorough thought through process. And so I'm getting an amen down here. Wow. (laughs) And so I go up and we start the conversation. I can't remember who spoke first or whatever. And again, I found out that this was pretty common last night too, is on a regular basis, me and my wife have different opinions. <laughs> and I was pretty prepared for that going into that, that I was going to have an approach and that she was going to have an, an opinion as well. And so I shared my opinion and she shared hers. And of course, they were different on how we should address the situation Now, understand, I went into this giving lots of thought, lots of prayer, lots of consideration to what was the best option. And I brought that into the conversation. And I remember as we're talking that out, we probably talked for about 20 or 30 minutes. And toward the end, I started conceding all of my stances and just saying, you know what, that's way you're communicating, that's the way we'll do it. And again, we, we do kind of laugh thinking, wise man, you know. But I'll tell you, it was almost an out-of-body experience for me because, again, I had given very careful consideration and prayed about it and felt that the stance that I was coming in with was extremely right. And as I'm literally communicating that, hey, we're going to go in the direction that you think we need to go on this, it's almost like I had a mini-me pop up on my shoulder and start whispering in my ear, like, hey, this is not what we talked about. (laughs) And I'm sitting there communicating, but it's almost like I had another out-of-eye experience to start talking and saying, I know, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) But I'm still communicating that, hey, we're going to go in the direction that that you want to go. And I remember walking out of the room and I probably started praying before I ever got out of that room because that's where I was just confused, didn't understand, maybe even frustrated at that point. And I was like, God, what just happened? Because I prayed and I felt this was the right direction and all that stuff. And I was like, God, I just feel extremely confident this was the right way to go. 
And I felt God speak to me. And he said, you being right is not the point. He said, I'm doing something here. I need you to get in the back seat and let me take over. That's what it's like being led by the Holy Spirit. He was trying to do his will and purpose in the situation, and he needed me to get out of the way. You know, God's trying to do some things in our lives right now, and he needs you to get out of the way so that he can operate at full capacity. And the only way that you're going to do that is say, God, here I am. Let your Holy Spirit lead me. That's how you're going to walk in the true purpose that God has for you, regardless of what you think and what you know, regardless of what you understand and say is right. His ways are not our ways. But let me tell you, he's got something better out there for you. He's got a purpose. He's got a plan. All we've got to trust in him and obey because he's a faithful God. Point number three. We put limited expectations on a limitless God. We put limited expectations on a limitless God when it comes to our purpose. And we find the context, the scripture in Acts chapter 3. Now let me set the stage. Here you've got Peter and John. Again, this is Acts 3, so just coming off Acts chapter 2. So there's been an incredible move of God, an outpouring of the Spirit in the upper room. So you could even argue these guys are on a spiritual high. And they're walking to the temple that day, and there's the beggar at the gate that's always there, and he's asking for silver or gold. And we pick it up in Acts chapter 3, verse 6, where Peter's speaking to the man, the beggar, and it says, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the reason that scripture speaks to purpose, just simply because sometimes when it comes to falling after the things that we think God has for us, a lot of times we want to stop short to the full potential that God wants us to realize and operate in on our daily lives. When we issue prayers to God, a lot of times it's almost a checklist or a grocery list of God's, here's the things if you could pick up and take care of for me, and then if you could do all that, then we'll be good. But let me tell you, God wants more than just that. And to completely walk in his purpose is God just doesn't want to intervene in your situation. He wants to be invited into your situation. And I think that that's so important in the day that we live in is because we do. We have sometimes a mindset that we are fine with just breaking even. And I thought about this just this morning is that a lot of times we have the attitude, we just want to settle up. But can I tell you that God wants to settle in and level up with you? But that doesn't happen unless we invite God in to consume us. We don't walk into that purpose. When you look at the situation with the man, the beggar at the gate, silver and gold, 
Do you think that if he thought healing was on the docket, he would have asked for it? Yeah. But he asked simply for what he thought he needed because he can't work. He needed a way to provide, to eat, to do all that stuff. But the Spirit of God came into the situation and said, I realize what you're asking for, but I'm going to do more than that. And he was able to walk in the supernatural healing power of God. That was the purpose. The purpose wasn't to provide for his need. The purpose was to heal him and have him walk away changed like never before, transformed by Jesus Christ. And we find ourselves in those situations too where I believe that we're in a similar circumstance, maybe not a beggar to gate, but we're in a situation where we're at an impasse, where we don't understand what's going on. And, and we've tried and searched all different ways. Can I encourage you, don't simply make petitions to God. Invite God into your situation and watch God change things. And don't have expectations on God. Just say, God, I'm here to receive whatever you would want to do. Don't ask, consume, be consumed by the Spirit of God because I feel a lot of times when we set expectations on God, we're limiting a God that is limitless. Number four, purpose lies in plain sight. Purpose lies in plain sight. Again, let me set the stage for this. John chapter four, you've got Jesus in the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. And you've got Jesus who's been ministering with the disciples and now he's journeying to Samaria, but he's not there yet and has stopped at what is referred to as Jacob's well. And a woman, as he's sitting there resting, a woman comes up and she's coming to get water. And Jesus says, will you get me water? And of course, Jews weren't supposed to associate and speak to Samaritans. And so the lady's pretty much saying, are you even supposed to be speaking to me? And he looks at her and says, well, if you knew who you were speaking to, you would be asking me for water, living water. And her still confused says, well, you don't even have a bucket. How am I going to get you water? And then he goes on to reiterate more about the living water to say, you know what, the water that I can give, it'll make it to where you never thirst again. And of course, then she's intrigued and says, hey, I'll take some of that water to where I never have to thirst again. And so then at that point, she start, he starts reading her mail. And she starts associating, well, then this guy, there's something special about this guy. He must be a prophet. And then this is where we pick up the story in Acts, or John chapter 4 and verse 25 and 26, it says, the woman said, I know that Messiah. So Jesus starts telling stories about one that is to come. The woman says, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. And we jump forward to verse 28 where it says, Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. And then we skip forward to verse 39 and 41. 
where it says, many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. So purpose lies in plain sight. So what happened is this woman at the well just walked in on the situation and didn't realize purpose, the true purpose was right in her presence. But when she did, what did she do? She went to share the good news. And the Bible speaks that many came to believe because of her testimony. Can I tell you, your purpose is to share the good news and to be an ambassador for Christ. If you don't do anything else, if you feel like I never got a clear direction from God, I never got a clear word, if you go and share the good news and shine the light on Jesus Christ and be an ambassador for Christ, that's how we can walk in our purpose. And purpose lies in plain sight is because Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. And you can share that light. I got a chance to kind of... go online and watch the Go Conference this weekend. Uh, That was at Life Mission. We've had it uh, advertised here for people that wanted to go. And it was so amazing and so encouraging to hear the stories about how people are walking in their purpose abroad, everywhere, doing great works for God. But as much as that's a great story for them, I believe that God has a story for you as well. Because there are mission fields in your workplaces, in your peer circles, in your schools, all over waiting for you to walk in that purpose and go back to that phrase that we talked about, walking into just society and saying, God, what are you doing here and how can I be a part of it? And so I'm talking about how purpose lies in plain sight. I realize that many of you are walking in that way. Chris, I am walking in the purpose of God. I am following after Christ. And so I realize I might be preaching to the choir. But at the same time, there might be those that are beside you that could be an inspiration to you that you don't even know about. I got a chance to go to the Liberty Women's Clinic banquet earlier this year to hear about that ministry and all the good works that they're doing in our community. And I remember crossing paths with someone here in our church saying this was the first time that they had heard about this ministry and they had no idea that this great work was going on. And so I said, you know what, this is a great time to highlight maybe some people that are living in God's purpose that may be sitting right next to you today. And in that Liberty Women's Clinic banquet, it talked about how Carol Graham in a Sunday morning service, felt called into that ministry. And the interesting part is the sermon was on purpose. Just for the record, I didn't steal this from her. I was already preparing this message and I said, that'll be a good way to end it. And that she felt called into purpose. And so this is a ministry that is doing incredible works in our community that's been going strong for over 20 years. And what's awesome is now Jennifer Main here at Journey Church has now taken the baton and is the director now and is leading that ministry. And I had her reach out to me or at least share what is the mission statement for Liberty Women's Clinic. And that is to minister with the love of Christ, 
by empowering people to make informed, life-affirming choices about pregnancy, sexual health, and relationships. And so what they do is they help women through unplanned pregnancies with a, a promoting of life. And it is a purpose that is spirit-filled. They have, on a weekly basis, people that come in and pray over that facility in those rooms. That's someone that's operating with purpose saying, you know what? You talked about how Carol walked away from a, a banking career to pursue that. This is good. This is godly. Again, don't misinterpret that. I'm not telling you to quit your jobs and do those things. Just saying, bring God into it. Robert Treese. Many of you know Robert Treese and his family. Right now, they operate a campground where the mission is to serve all people in every phase of their spiritual journey to Christ. Still serves on the police force, still works a full-time job, but feels led to operate in this capacity because he had a God moment that was pulling him in this direction. There was something inside of him that says, I'm doing good, but I need to fulfill a purpose that God has for me, and he's began to walk in that. What's awesome is he's known and loved God for three years. He accepted Christ just three years ago, him and his family. You've got... Daniel Morrow, Daniel Morrow's here this morning, serves with Concilium, doing an awesome work for God. And what he does is helps missionaries and missionary organization, and he goes alongside them to assess, equip, and empower them with security tools needed to spread the gospel. That's something that really stuck out to me listening to this GO conference this past weekend is the level of persecution that these individuals go through just to spread the gospel. And he's bringing himself to the forefront to say, God, you are doing something more and different in me. I need to step in that purpose. And then, of course, you've got Jake Phillips, who's an in-house missionary that's now stationed in Thailand. And I reached out to him this past weekend for some information on just how God is using him. He's been there for a little over two years now, and he's been to 16 different countries helping people in a similar method to that are needing help, that are assisting missionary workers, persecuted individuals, navigate the path and continue on spreading the gospel. And I realize that there are more people out there doing incredible things I know we've got young adults that are in, over, the, over the U.S. that are working in ministry. I realize that we've had young people that have gone on personal missionary journeys because they felt called. I know that there's been adults uh, that are over there on independent mission trips. I'm not trying to miss any of you guys. I understand that we're walking in purpose, but I want to, if nothing else, just to remind us the purpose and calling that God has on our life. As the band heads back up, I want to share one more story, and that is I was talking with a, a gentleman uh, about a month ago, and he started talking about how where he was in his stage of life, and he was an extremely successful individual. He had made a lot of money. He had, had a lot of professional achievements. 
He was someone that had a a great family, just kind of checked all the boxes that we might check, look to check here in society. And the interesting part was, is he just wanted to keep going. And he told me at now he had just written and published a book. He said he had read a book, 90 books for 40 straight years and said, I think now it's time for me to write one. Wrote a book. He also just recently broke a United States deadlifting record for someone that's 69 years old. And it's true because he showed me the video. And he shared all of these things. And I remember when he left, I'm not going to lie to you, I started taking stock of my life, looking at what he had accomplished and then where I was tracking Because I was impressed about what he had to share and all the things that he had done, but it was short-lived. Because again, I'm not defined, and my purpose is not defined by what, but by who. And it was a week later that I got another call from another individual. Friends of my wife and I that have been a, a godsend to us, that were planted in our lives for a certain time. And he shared about how he was in a very similar situation, successful businessman, very good family, just everything across the board. But he had been unsettled for a few months now. And he just couldn't pinpoint it. You know, we've we've had uh, spiritual conversations uh, on a regular basis, a business acquaintance. And we've, we've had these conversations. And he talked about how he just started praying about it. And he said, at one point, his wife stopped him and said, what is going on with you? Because I can see that you are unsettled. And he says, I just, I, just, I just feel like I don't have purpose anymore. And as he continued to pray and seek God, To make a long story short, can I tell you that last Sunday he preached a sermon at the church he's now pastoring in Kansas because he couldn't escape his purpose. And as we just stand up all over this place, the question and challenge that I have for you as we enter into this worship one more time, the challenge that I have for you is Reconsider your point and your purpose. Again, not saying anything's wrong with it. Not saying that we need to to get to work. I'm just trying to perhaps either serve as a reminder or serve as a revelation to someone here today. And that is you have a purpose. God has a purpose for you and God wants to walk in that purpose with you. And as we enter into worship, just do some inner reflection. Ask God, God, show me my point so that I can see your purpose. Let's enter into worship one more time.